Welcome to Barely Audible Whisper, a weekly NPR parody podcast in no way associated with NPR, brought to you in no part by the following parody sponsors. The Trump University Rudy Giuliani School of Constitutional Law, where the constitutional process of impeachment is unconstitutional because the Constitution has a clear anti-Trump bias. The definition of the word corruption, reminding Republicans that repeating the word corruption to accuse the people fighting corruption of corruption is a corruption of the word corruption. And the Democratic Association for retracting all the things that we said about Mitt Romney in 2012. As a reward for being the lone Republican willing to stand up to Trump, we promise to pretend that there's nothing funny about your ridiculously impeccable hair. I am Dave. And I am Molly. And our voices lack in volume what Trump's impeachment defense lacks in merit. Our top story this week. Dr. Chikada Nika Nuwankpa, a former computer engineering professor at Drexel University, misused $189,062 in government-funded grant money intended to be spent on research on personal expenditures, including tens of thousands of dollars spent at a local strip club over a 10-year period. Dr. Nawankba repaid a significant portion of the money and was forced to resign from his position, but has not been charged with a crime, because men always get off when they commit crimes involving men getting off. As part of our ongoing commitment to give the benefit of the doubt to people who don't deserve the benefit of the doubt, Barely Audible Whisper constructed a scenario in which spending tens of thousands of dollars at a strip club serves a legitimate, research-based purpose. Note how the drunken gentleman at the table next to me is happily forking over objectively unreasonable sums of money to the nude woman who rhythmically grinds her genital region in close proximity to his genital region. It would appear as though the combination of nudity and pelvic thrusting occurring in immediate proximity to the man's penis has temporarily rendered him incapable of rationally assessing the real market value of a $20 bill. Hey, honey, wanna dance? Strangely enough, I do. Despite my own first-hand observation of multiple seemingly rational men succumbing to fiscal irresponsibility induced by a combination of nude rhythmic thrusting and immediate penile proximity, I find myself desirous of what deceptively feels like an opportunity to experience the financial overvaluation of the illusion of sexual desire engendered by the proposition of erotica from a complete stranger. So, yes? Indeed, here's $20. I'm surprised to see a guy like you here all by yourself. You're way too handsome to be all alone. Fascinating. I just overheard this exact same stripper tell this exact same lie to the gentleman at the other table, and yet for some reason, I totally believe her. Here's 20 more dollars. You're the first guy I've ever danced for that furiously scribbles notes. I'm a professor at Drexel University. What a coincidence. I tell people I'm a student at Drexler. (laughs) I'm doing research on the psychology of impulsive spending behaviors. Here's 20 more dollars. Here's 20 more dollars. Here's 20 more dollars. Oh, that is so hot. Educational research turns me on. There's no possible way that's true, and yet for reasons that almost certainly correlate with the directness of her exposed nipples to my line of sight, 
I choose to believe her. Here's 20 more dollars. Oh, song's over. Fascinating. The ending of the song has shattered the illusion created by her accepting my money to strip to the song that the transaction of stripping for money was not a transactional transaction, but rather a necessary transaction facilitating her ability to take my money while stripping as an organic reaction to being turned on by educational research. And yet, though I am tragically made aware that the illusion is over, I am simultaneously reminded of my ability to buy more of the illusion by buying more transactions based on the illusion that the transactions are not transactional. Shots. The Shot Girl is a fascinating study in strip club economics. She performs a $20 lap dance punctuated by performances of fellatio on a test tube containing a severely short poured shot, the excitement of which creates an involuntary over-tipping impulse that yields a $50 expenditure for approximately one ounce of room temperature well tequila. So, yes? Indeed! Here's $20! He's a professor. Isn't that hot? Educational research turns me on. Again, it's absolutely impossible for that to be true. Yet, as she engulfs a tequila-dripped test tube in close proximity to my penis, I choose to believe her. You know, if you get us a VIP room, we can do all sorts of things that we can't do out here. Fascinating. The very test tube that had originally been purposed as a means of yielding an inflated gratuity is now being multi-purposed as a visual aid in the service of the current sales pitch. It'll cost you thousands of dollars, but what's the difference? You already spent $50 to suck a droplet of tequila out of a saliva-soaked container. Excuse me for just one second. Hey, it's Professor Mwankpa. I need thousands of dollars in additional federal grant money immediately. I'm on the verge of a major scientific discovery regarding the psychology of impulse spending. I know I teach computer engineering, that's not the point. Of course it's for legitimate scientific research. There's test tubes involved. Here's 20 more dollars. Here's 20 more dollars. Here's 20 more dollars. Last week, during one of his televised spectacles, posing as a news conference in which President Trump shouts at reporters over helicopter noise, President Trump explicitly asked China to investigate the Biden family, saying, quote, China should start an investigation into the Bidens. As always, our Trump impersonator is a woman because we hear he hates that. As part of a desperate effort to pretend that the blatant violation of campaign finance laws and corrupt abuse of power that we all witnessed on live television was not in fact a blatant violation of campaign finance laws and a corrupt abuse of power that we all witnessed on live television, President Trump's army of loyal sycophants trotted out an absurd claim. <laughs> that was a joke. The notion that when President Trump declared China should start an investigation into the Bidens. What he actually meant was What's the deal with Joe Biden's son?
I mean, his name is Hunter, but he doesn't hunt. China should start an investigation into the Bidens. Is so ridiculous, even Republicans knew that they had to stretch their definition of a joke to include a sort of Andy Kaufman-style performance art. Trump wasn't seriously asking China to investigate the Bidens when he asked China to investigate the Bidens. It was a joke on the media. President Trump asked China to investigate the Bidens knowing that the anti-Trump media wouldn't be able to resist the urge to report that by asking China to investigate the Bidens. Trump had asked China to investigate the Bidens, and you fell for it. So, best case scenario, the president pretended to abuse the power and prestige of the office of the presidency in order to reduce the power and prestige of the office of the presidency to a vehicle for trolling. For a deeper look at the new Republican theory that the office of the presidency of the United States of America is really just a cheap construct for avant-garde performance art comedy, the ghost of Andy Kaufman filed the following report. Hello. I am the ghost of Andy Kaufman. Thank you very much. When President Trump asked China to investigate the Bidens, it was obviously just a joke. He was provoking the left into having a reaction. As a comedian who made jokes in the form of elaborate public hoaxes designed to provoke an angry reaction, I disagree. Thank you very much. I I mean, what's the big deal about President Trump doing a little trolling of the left? Big deal is President of United States is President of United States, not Andy Kaufman. Thank you very much. Um, the, The president was just punking the left into believing he was committing a crime live on television. But obviously the president wouldn't commit a crime on national television. I mean, what kind of idiot commits a crime on national television? President Trump, thank you very much. You built your entire career on mean-spirited comedy that lies to people and then mocks the people you lied to for being too dumb to know that you were lying. Thank you very much. Surely you understand Trump's quirky sense of humor. Of course I understand. I'm Tony Clinton. Andy Kaufman's obnoxious lounge alter ego. And the king of gratuitous cruelty passed off as humor. I like mean-spirited jokes that don't have punchlines as much as the next jerk. But, and I can't stress this point enough, I'm not the president of the United States of America! That, that's a double standard. Of course it's a double standard, you moron! If I say, hey China, investigate Joe Biden, there's zero chance that China investigates Joe Biden based on the say-so of the greatest lounge act to ever abuse an audience. But, if the president of the United States says it, then China will say, Oh, me so investigate Joe Biden uh, faster than the internet can overreact to that racist Chinese joke. <laughs> but but it was Trump being Trump. 
Ow! Ow! You hit me! Oh, You did it again! I'm just Tony Clinton being Tony Clinton! I'd like you better on Taxi! Thank you very much. Ecuadorian President Lenin Moreno moved his government out of the capital city of Quito amid massive protests in the streets. So apparently, in Ecuador, the president can just do that. Huh. Anyway, for more on the crisis in Ecuador, Barely Audible Whisper filed the following report. I'm coming to you from the besieged city of Quito, where protesters armed with sticks and rocks are battling with riot police armed with tear gas and billy clubs. Some protesters have started fires and three oil fields have been forcibly seized. It is a scene of complete pandemonium and chaos. I'm moving the government to the port city of Guayaquil. I'm reporting to you from the peaceful port city, Guayaquil, far removed from the hustle and bustle and riots of Quito. This is a coup! I refuse to back down! My austerity policies will be followed! Why all the shouting? We're in the tranquil city of Guayaquil now. Oh, sorry. I guess I'm still a little amped up over the violent uprising of my people. <sighs> but none of that matters here. Hmm. Hate to spoil this peaceful moment. Then don't. But what are your plans? I plan on going for a swim and then relaxing with a long hot bath. I met your plans to deal with the protesters that have taken siege of your capital city. They're not really being fair. The oil subsidies I canceled were unsustainable. In the long term, they will see that my austerity measures are ultimately good for the economy. Perhaps, but in the short term you've imposed additional economic burdens on people who have suffered so many long-term economic burdens that their immediate short-term reaction to an additional short-term burden has been six days of short-term riots. That's why I plan on staying here in the short term. In specific terms, how long of a term is short-term? The length of the term meant by the term term is to be determined. In terms of your term as president, you're in the second year of your first term. Do you think your short-term stay will last your entire first term? And if so, how will you run for a second term if your first term is marred by the short-term chaos that has led to your short-term exile as you wait out the interim between the short-term and the long-term? I cannot determine how long the interim term between short-term and long-term will last in any certain terms. Earlier you gave a national address in which you were flanked by your military commanders in an apparent show of strength. Yes, I wanted to demonstrate that I have the support of Ecuadorian military. It was a projection of the full strength and force of the Ecuadorian military. Then why did you run away from your own capital city? Because no adversary in the history of the world has ever said, Oh no, we're screwed now, it's the Ecuadorian military. You have also said that you want to pursue a dialogue with the protesters who have sieged the city of Quito. How can you pursue a dialogue in Quito when you have fled to Guayaquil? I don't know. Maybe Skype? It just seems cowardly and irresponsible for a president to flee his own capital city in the middle of a crisis. But I like it here. Nothing is on fire. It's definitely nice to conduct an interview without dodging bullets, choking on tear gas, or being set on fire. 
But as the leader who imposed the policy that led to the upheaval, it's your responsibility to handle the crisis. Okay, fine. I'll go back to Quito. You go on ahead of me. I have to pack up a few things and try and use the full strength and force of the Ecuadorian military to intimidate the Airbnb into letting me vacate my rental agreement. You made the right decision. See you in Quito. Ha, sucker. I'm going to stay here forever. Don't worry. Be happy. Don't worry. Be happy. Don't worry. Be happy. Don't worry. Be happy. The end of the Trump presidency may be near. However, some people hurt by his policies need help today, not next year. A group of LGBTQ asylum seekers is among these. Under Trump's Remain in Mexico policy, migrants seeking asylum cannot enter the country before their immigration court date. There is a process called non-refoulement, whereby vulnerable populations can circumvent the process and not be forced to remain in Mexico, where they may face persecution. Technically still a presidential candidate, Julian Castro traveled to Mexico to escort a group of 12 LGBTQ asylum seekers to customs and urged them to begin the non-refoulement process. He then addressed reporters. I hope that people in this country who say they're Jesus-loving, God-loving, that they pay more attention to God-loving, Jesus-loving people on this side of the border that are brown-skinned, that are desperate, and are being treated cruelly by this president. Three hours later, all 12 were sent back to remain in Mexico, meaning each interview took less time than it takes to switch your car insurance to GEICO. Barely Audible Whisper obtained audio of one of these interviews. All right, you are uh, Jorge Mariposa. Jorge Marmolejos. Mariposa is actually a gay slur. <laughs> I know, I know. Uh, you think I don't know Mexican? Well, you insisted we speak English. Damn right, we're in America. Next question, what is your Mexico of origin? Huh? There's multiple Mexicos, turns out. Guatemexico, Nicaraxico, El Salvexico. So we've had to stop assuming that everyone's from the real Mexico. I'm from Honduras. Hondurxico. I got it. Well, we can't let you in until you're hearing. Sorry, have a buenos dias. Uh, wait, wait, but you haven't asked why <laughs> I, I need... I know why you think you're special, Mariposa. Marmolejos, please. <laughs> it's like you're calling me the F-word. No, the F-word is pinchy. Pinche, and no, the other F-word, the, the gay slur. Well, you're gay, aren't you? Yes. Oh, then F off, you other F. Remain in Mexico until your trial. But it's dangerous for me in Mexico. All 12 of us have been threatened, beaten. Yeah, well, that happens in America, too. Isn't this non-refoulement process supposed to protect people like me? Hombre, you're a brown, gay dude. There's no one this administration is less interested in protecting. Dios mio. Hey, you leave Dios out of this. His good book says we ought to stone you folks. His good book says 
The alien who resides with you shall be to you as the citizen among you. And cursed is anyone who withholds justice from the foreigner. And I was a stranger and you welcomed me as you did it to the least of my brethren. You did it to me. Well, shh. I'm waiting for God to smite you for speaking his words when you're a dirty foreign queer. Can I request a new officer? Nope. And time's up. Go back with your friends. None of them got through either? Nope. So you'll remain in Mexico together. That's nice. Get on with it. Time's up. It's barely been five minutes. Yeah, well, I want to make it home in time for Hannity. What's the point of even having these interviews if... You're not going to ask any questions about why I feel I'm in danger if I remain in Mexico. What's the point of having any asylum hearings at all if you don't believe the people who say their life is in danger? What's the point of any of this? Now, see, there we agree. No point. We're not letting anyone in, so y'all should just remain in Mexico. One day, you will face the consequences of your cruelty. You, Trump, and everyone in between. If not in this life, then the next. Are you threatening me? I don't need to. God sees all. Yeah. Well, joke's on you. Because I bought my way into heaven by donating to the campaign of his servant, Donald Trump. When Jesus was on the cross, he prayed, Forgive them, Lord. They know not what they do. I'm not as nice as Jesus. Fuck them, Lord. They're assholes. Several months ago, in the immediate aftermath of a phone call with Turkish President Erdogan, President Trump ordered, without consulting with or alerting the military, the immediate withdrawal of all U.S. troops out of Syria via tweet. In response to the bipartisan outrage at his impulsive use of Twitter to reverse American military policy without even bothering to inform the American military, President Trump backed down from his tweet and canceled the troop withdrawal. Sunday night, in the immediate aftermath of another phone call with Erdogan, President Trump again ordered the immediate withdrawal of troops. But this time, he really means it. Barely audible whisper obtained audio of the top U.S. commander in Syria briefing the troops several months ago. Our mission here is simple. We are here to protect the Kurds, our most important strategic partners in the fight against terrorism in this region, and our staunchest and most loyal allies from the almost certain slaughter they would face at the hands of a Turkish invasion. We must never waver in our commitment to the brave and noble Kurds. Oh, wait. The president just tweeted... Apparently, we're withdrawing immediately. What? Why? I don't know. Something about Obama. When do we ship out? I don't know. He gave us no notice and didn't specify anything. He just said he wants out immediately. Is there time to pack? Very little. The President of the United States gave us an order. A poorly thought through and crazy order in the form of a tweet, but an order nonetheless. And it is our job, nay our duty, to follow the president's orders, however stupid and short-sighted those orders may be. What if it's an illegal order? Yeah, we're not supposed to follow illegal orders. Because if an order is illegal and you say, I was just following orders, you can still get in trouble. Yeah. I, I saw that in a movie once. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we're not supposed to follow illegal orders. 
But although this order is reckless, short-sighted, and irresponsible, it isn't illegal. Therefore, we must begin immediate preparations for immediate withdrawal. Oh, wait. The president just tweeted again. Apparently, he changed his mind. But the only thing more irresponsible than ordering a not-thought-through and strategically ill-advised withdrawal is ordering a not-thought-through and strategically ill-advised withdrawal and then immediately unordering the not-thought-through and strategically ill-advised withdrawal. Isn't that technically an illegal order? Since by unordering his original order, the president is basically disobeying a presidential order. It's a moot point. He changed his mind again. We're neither staying nor withdrawing. Instead, we're doing a sort of half-assed withdrawal where most of us are staying, but an arbitrary number of us are withdrawing. It's called Operation Have Your Cake and Eat It Too. Three months later... I've just been informed that the president is on another phone call with President Erdogan, and we have reason to believe that another impulsive, irrational order is due any minute. What reason do we have for believing that? He's an easily manipulated idiot. Duh. I've taken the liberty of preemptively handing out a list of possible illegal orders that the president might give to avoid any confusion. Blow up all hotels that compete with Trump Tower Istanbul? Is it really necessary to list that one? With this president, you bet your ass. You might as well list holding civilians at gunpoint and demanding that they make up salacious allegations against Joe Biden. He did. It's it's on page 17. I'm monitoring the president's Twitter page for whatever insane order comes through. In the meantime, be prepared for anything. Withdraw. Escalation. Unconditional surrender. The White House sent out a press release. The president is ordering another immediate withdrawal. Because of Obama? No, this time it has something to do with Germany. Uh, I don't know. It doesn't really make sense. Of course it doesn't make sense. It's an order from the president of the United States. What do we do? Withdraw. But what if he changes his mind again? Cable news pundits are already predicting that he's likely to change his mind in the face of bipartisan opposition to his stupidity. Cable news pundits? Is there any source of information less reliable than the hyperpartisan rating-seeking speculation of cable news pundits? Uh, direct statements from the President of the United States. True. Okay, let's begin the withdrawal process. It's Sunday now. If nobody stops us by Wednesday, then we'll have no choice but to leave. The following Wednesday. We're really leaving now. Last chance to stop us from allowing our most loyal allies on Earth to get slaughtered. Seriously, Mr. President, once we leave, there's no turning back. Damn it. Nothing. I never thought I'd say this, but... I was really counting on an impulsive, not thought through, cynically political Trump tweet to save the day. Trump tweet! Go Trump tweet, baby! President Trump awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom, the nation's highest civilian honor, to former Attorney General and anti-pornography crusader Ed Meese. 
President Trump, who made cameo appearances in three softcore Playboy movies and paid hush money to a porn star he had an affair with while his wife was taking care of their newborn, awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom to the Attorney General who famously prosecuted the pornography industry during the Reagan administration. That doesn't make any sense. Meese was linked to a bribery scheme involving millions of dollars in no-bid military contracts to a manufacturing company he lobbied for, was also rebuked by a special prosecutor for ethical lapses and corruption abuses, and engineered the Iran-Contra defense that the president was constitutionally allowed to circumvent the law under the guise of national security interests. Oh, well, that makes sense. For more on President Trump's decision to award one of America's most corrupt attorneys general with America's highest civilian honor, Barely Audible Whisper turns to current attorney general and lying sack of jowls, William Barr. Edward Meese was the greatest attorney general ever to abuse the authority of the attorney general. I take pride in the unprecedented manner in which I am corruptly abusing my authority to protect a corrupt president, but Edmis blazed the trail of corruption by corruptly awarding no-bid trailblazing contracts to corrupt trailblazing companies. Uh, I don't know who Edmis is. As always, Barely Audible Whisper's Trump impersonator is a woman because they hear he hates that, which isn't very nice. The Heritage Foundation bribed me into giving Ed Measles the Presidential Medal of Freedom in exchange for providing me with legitimate-sounding legal arguments against impeachment. As a think tank for judicial conservatism, we at the Heritage Foundation provide an intellectual framework for constitutional originalism. The idea that the Constitution should be interpreted literally as it was written, regardless of massive cultural and political changes that have occurred since its writing. I have the absolute right to do whatever I want. Except, of course, when it suits our political purposes to argue against what it actually says in the Constitution by claiming that what the Constitution actually says is actually a misinterpretation of what the Constitution actually means. That's what makes it possible to argue that impeachment is unconstitutional even though the Constitution clearly lays out grounds for impeachment. I have the absolute right to extort Ukraine and China into investigating Joe Biden for extorting Ukraine and China, which is corrupt when Joe Biden does it because Obama, but not corrupt when I do it because the Constitution. An argument that stupid simply would not be possible had it not been for the groundbreaking stupidity of arguments laid out by Ed Meese. Ronald Reagan's willingness to support any group that was fighting communists, no matter how horrible that group might have been, led the Congress to fear that Reagan might try and arm the Contras, a brutal guerrilla group fighting communism in Nicaragua. So, Congress passed a law that specifically forbid Reagan from funding the Contras. 
so Reagan declared a national emergency, even though there was no emergency, and raided the military budget to fund his wall anyway. Almost. Ed Meese convinced Reagan that non-existent constitutional authority gave the president the right to ignore the law as long as he claimed he was motivated by national security interests. And he got away with it. Sort of. Several people involved in President Reagan's scheme to illegally move money from the illegal sales of weapons to Iran to the Contras did go to jail, but Reagan was never impeached for his crimes. Yay! And most importantly, no charges were ever brought against Ed Meese, the corrupt Attorney General. I love Ed Meese so horny. Ed Meese's bold commitment to the strictest possible interpretation of the Constitution, except in cases where strict interpretation of the Constitution is politically inconvenient, pioneered a conservative legal philosophy that simultaneously severely punishes immigrants for infractions as minimal as an illegal border crossing. I'm going to build a moat with snakes and alligators while allowing the president to exist in a state of sheer lawlessness that President Nixon dared not dream of. When you're the president, they let you do it. I can grab Ukraine by the pussy. It is therefore altogether fitting that President Trump should tarnish the prestige of the once revered Presidential Medal of Freedom with the same contempt for justice with which he tarnishes the prestige of the once revered office of the presidency. I hereby award the Presidential Medal of Freedom to Ed, me, and Bobby McGee for his achievements in coming up with some bullshit so that I can do whatever I want. Oh, me so horny. Oh, oh, me so horny. Oh, me so horny. Me love you long time. Thank you for listening to Barely Audible Whisper, made possible by the following people. Writer, co-host, and producer Dave Baldwin, co-host and actress Molly Brown, writer and actor Daniel Carter-Brown, and actors Corey Burns and Tommy Strock. Please follow us on our social medias and subscribe to us wherever you subscribe to your podcasts. We appreciate your support. At Camp Caprice, Priest, Priest, we don't say mooses, we say meese, and we are proud, 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 so we sing our song aloud. Humorous!